Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the latest edition of Inside the Huddle. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Our co-host TJ Inman will be joining us quickly. We will also have friend of the show Lyndon Ostrander uh, from down in Florida uh, joining us here in a minute as well. Uh, we have lots to get to. Um, some award news came out since we've been on. Uh, Dan Feeney has picked up two awards. He ha- or uh, watch list nominations. Uh, he has been uh, named to the Outland Trophy watch list as well as the Rotary Lombardi Trophy uh, watch list. Both are for outstanding uh, uh, interior linemen or somebody who lines up uh, within five yards of the ball, offense or defense. Uh, so the, those are two great awards for him, uh, award nominations for him. Also, Nate Sudfeld today uh, was uh, named to the uh, Danny Warfel Trophy watch list, which uh, recognizes players for their outstanding community service. Uh, so, TJ, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing very well, Sammy. It's uh, another nice day out. It's not raining for a change, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, I, well, it's still early. It could still rain. Um, yeah, so that's true. Cross your fingers. But um, we're going to bring on Lyndon uh, right now, uh, just talk a little recruiting. Uh, there was some... Uh, recruiting news uh, where a big player has uh, decommitted from Wisconsin. He still has IU on his list. Uh, so we'll talk to him about IU's prospects uh, for that player, as well as some prospects for the upcoming years. Okay. Lyndon, how, how are you? Today? Welcome welcome back. We're, we're doing great. Yeah. Good. I'm sure the uh, weather's good over there in Indiana for once. <laughs> uh, uh, for For – this hour or this half hour segment, it is good. Otherwise, uh, if it rains again, we we might have to break out the uh, Hoosier Huddle canoe. So, <laughs> so what's going on, guys? Um, not much. It's uh, we're under two months to the season. Uh, we're getting ready. I know high school ball starts up here probably in a few weeks, right? Since they start in yeah uh, around the end of or middle of end of August. Yeah, we're almost here. You know, a lot of seven-on-seven seven tournaments have been going on. There's a big one, go- probably the biggest of the summer, going on around here in the state this weekend. Um, so just kids getting ready, and we're, we can't can't wait to get started. Yeah. So Craig Watts, the guy we've mentioned on the show, it's a guy you've uh, talked to me about. Um, he committed to Wisconsin a couple weeks ago. Uh, you were telling me how it wouldn't hold up this this weekend. You sent me a text that said, "Craig, uh, check Twitter." Uh, and Craig Watts is decommitted from Wisconsin. Um, what's going on with him? Well, you know, I uh, I think uh, it was the first really long visit he took to Wisconsin. I mean, I, I don't remember the last time I've heard of a four-day visit. That's obscenely long. Uh, and I think he got wrapped up in the moment as he stated on a couple interviews and to me personally. Um, and I think he just wanted to take a step back uh, and just kind of evaluate all his options. Um, and I, I think uh, he's going to take some visits you know, during the season and after the season. But I think for right now, he's really focused on his team. He's a really, he's a team first guy. Um, he loves the new team he's on and he just wants to get focused on football. So I think for this summer, you're not going to see him take any visits and he's just going to kind of evaluate everything and take a step back. Um, he's been, he's had a lot thrown at him this summer and everyone's been wanting him and he's been taking a lot of, you know, a couple visits here and there. So I think it's just good for him to take a step back and, and see what's going on. Lyndon, is there a, a top five, a lot of 
players put out a top ten or a top five list? Uh, does he have a, a, a new whatever top five list? I don't. I don't think he has an official top five list, but I will tell you a couple of schools that he, I think he's interested in. Uh, Indiana's one of them for sure. Uh, University of South Florida, Florida State, um, Alabama, um, those kind of schools. I, I think if uh, if he got an offer from Oregon, Auburn, LSU, South Carolina, any one of those schools, he um, it would be hard for him to turn down. But for right now, he doesn't have an official list. Um, and, and there's no clear-cut favorites. Uh, let's, I just want to make that clear. There is no clear-cut favorites right now. He is open to everybody, um, and he's just trying to evaluate everything. But he's definitely worth it for a team who wants to, to um, get his talent and his services. And I, I, I did want to mention that he has gotten a lot better in his pass coverage skills. He went to a elite 7-on-7 seven seven camp, Neo 7-on-7 seven seven showdown, which is included in Mainland High School, the number 19 team in the country. And he did very well in his past coverage scheme. He was asked to cover people one-on-one. So he's not a one-trick pony, and he can do it all. Excellent. Um, also, uh, you know, to get away from Watts a little bit, uh, recruiting mm-hmm. never stops, and it, it always goes bleeds into the next year. Um, now uh, we're looking into 2017 a little bit. Are there any, you know, what are the Hoosiers' prospects coming up for the next uh, one or two classes uh, down in your area? Well, some of the guys that I like, you know, for sure, Darius Lemons, you guys just gave him an offer. I, I think he's the real deal. He's one of those kids that can, you know, carry the ball 20 times, break off 70-yard um, home runs, and he still has the ab- ability to finish you. And he, he's, got the great, he's got a great build. Uh, he, I think he had about three 400-yard games last year, so he's just an absolute stud. Uh, another player that's been rising is Garrison Bryant, uh, quarterback out of Clearwater. He's ha- probably had the best summer of any quarterback in the area. Uh, he led his team to the semifinals of the Arrow 7-on-7, seven seven, and he won the uh, a tournament down here, a big-time tournament. He won the championship for them. Um, and he's, he's, he's got a 6'3", 6'4", build, uh, just looks the part. Um, I think he's going to go on an official visit to Indiana with Darius Lemons as well, so you guys will get to see him. Some of the other players, you know, Jalen Williams, he's a 2018 kid. He's probably the best athlete in the county. He played four sports last year, which is unheard of. Um, some other kids here, Jaquez Jones for Clearwater, uh, great slot receiver, um, dynamic playmaker, um, makes ridiculous catches. Um, another guy would be DJ Johnson out of Gibbs, uh, another dynamic playmaker. Uh, two quarterbacks I'd want to mention are Trent Chamelek out of Countryside and Austin Causey. Uh, those two guys are for sure um, some guys that Indiana needs to watch out for. Um, uh, a couple others here, sorry to keep you on. Uh, Matt Landers, he's about a six foot five wide receiver. Um, he's probably got the highest ceiling of any receiver in the county um, to be six foot five, and I think he's going to be a junior. Uh, speaks well for him. And uh, I think maybe the, the biggest two names that I'm always high on are C.J. Cotman out of CCC. I mean, he's he's the best offensive player in the county. There's there's no doubt about it. He's visiting Georgia this weekend. He, the, no one in the county can do as many things in the football field he can offensively. He is just uh, electrifying and takes your breath away. Um, and, of course, Key Wetzel. We all know him. He's probably the most versatile player in the county. He can play five positions, and uh, he's, he's definitely one of my favorites. So, Well, good stuff, Lyndon. Um, IU's playing FIU this year, and it, it should set up some exposure uh, to players down there. Do you guys get the Big Ten Network down there? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, well, well, that's good to hear. Hopefully – uh, some some of these recruits uh, and high school players tune in 
I, I know IU, FIU does not scream off uh, off the page, uh, but it is a game that will be on TV down there. It will get IU some good exposure. That's one of the reasons they play FIU, um, to get some exposure down in Florida. Uh, Linda, do you see um, uh, Adon and Lemon picking up uh, any other offers anytime soon? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he's, he's going to get big-time offers, but um, yeah. what, what is the timeline on him? Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Um, you know, I think I think people want to see what he's going to do during the year. He's only he's only going to be a junior. I think he's going to have, 20, you know, over 30 offers by the time, you know, he's in his senior year. Uh, I think for right now, the, the big tournament for him will be the Sling and Shoot coming up this weekend. But um, I, I would expect to see a couple big-time offers before the summer's over. Usually that kind of happens when you get when a kid gets his first offer. They kind of just trickle in, and they kind of just kind of happen like that right afterwards. So I would expect that he has a couple big-time offers here in the next week or so. But, again, he's a kid that's going to have 30, 40 offers by the time it's all said and done. There's no doubt about it. Excellent. Linda, well, uh, hopefully it, one it, thing – Oh, go ahead, TJ. One thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, just kind of perception of uh, a couple of schools that don't have an exact uh, direct impact on IU, but um, the kind of perception from recruits in the Florida area, especially your your county that you cover, mm-hmm. of the new Florida coaching staff, and then uh, the perception of Ron Turner at uh, at FIU. Uh, I think they. I think uh, for Florida, some of the recruits are just trying to see what's what's going on with the coaching staff and trying to build relationships with them. No one really knows. I mean, we haven't seen them in a season yet. Um, they haven't landed any big time kids around here, so I, I I can't really say that they've done an exceptional job. I I just think that it's early for them. Uh, I think kids are definitely interested in Florida because it's Florida. It's the Gators. I mean, it's them and Miami, it's Florida State. Those are big time schools, and kids always um, around here have a dream of going there. Uh, I think for FIU, they've done a great job, uh, especially Ron Turner. I mean, I, I see a lot of kids around here wearing FIU hats at camps. Um, it's definitely uh, an option for a lot of kids around here, and it's, uh, it's not a school they take lightly. Yeah. Our, well, Lyndon, thanks for jumping on real quick with us. Um, we'll have you on again as the season uh, ramps up to get some updates on these kids. Uh, tell us again where we can find you and, and when the when the season starts, uh, first game start for you down there. Sure thing. Um, my Twitter handle is Linden underscore O, so L-Y-N-D-E-N underscore O. And we're going to get started here in the first week of August, uh, so August 1st to 7th. And I can't wait, and uh, hopefully uh, you guys snag a couple commitments down here. Yeah, well, always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, we love talking college football, high school football. Um, and we'll bring you on when uh, when the games start going and, and we can get some updates on, on some of these players. Uh, and it looks like Jonathan Crawford, one of your, the guys from down your area, uh, uh-huh. may end up starting for the Hoosiers this year. Well, I told you, he's, he's definitely worth it. He's, he's going to do a good job. He, he's, uh, he was trained well. Um, and another one of his teammates, Brandon Drayton, he's going to have a phenomenal year. Just wanted to say that. Um, he down here, but yeah, Jonathan Crawford. Uh, I think he'll be ready. He's a competitive, fiery kid, and uh, he should fit right in pretty pretty nicely. Um, I just want to say, lastly, how great of a job you guys do uh, for Indiana recruiting and football. And you, you know, you guys are phenomenal, and uh, the people of Indiana should be very thankful for what you guys do. Well, we appreciate thanks, it, Lyndon. Uh, thanks for the kind words, and uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you in the next couple weeks. Enjoy, uh, thanks, Sammy. enjoy the. Uh, Enjoy the rest of the summer. I will. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks. Thank you.
All right, TJ. That was that was Lyndon Ostrander from the Tampa Bay Tribune or Tampa Tribune. Um, Tampa Bay, the, the the Bay itself does not have a newspaper, um, but they have all the sports teams. Uh, anyway, uh, Lyndon's always great to talk to. Uh, he, he's very knowledgeable about uh, the Pinellas County area, uh, which is by the St. Pete Tampa, Tampa area. Um, so it looks like the Hoosiers are peppering uh, down there. But we're going to move on from recruiting. Uh, we are continuing our top five series this week. I'll have that uh, piece out later this afternoon. It's been a, a whirlwind of this piece. I have thrown away so many lists. It, it's making my head spin a little bit. Uh, but our next installment is for uh, running backs. I We took a poll together. Uh, the top two are unanimous. The top three or three through five, uh, there's a little juggling. Uh, we all said uh, Paul James should be in there. I put him a little lower at five just because of injuries. Uh, but, you know, it, it's uh, – TJ, when I was writing the piece, there are so many good backs that IU does not play uh, this year in the Big Ten. Uh, we miss uh, yeah. Corey Clement, uh, Josh Ferguson from Illinois. Uh, th- there are a couple other uh, – on that western side of the division that that we that IU does miss. So it was you know if people are reading this and go, "Oh, what about that guy?" Remember these are only the running backs that IU does play. Um so we'll start off with number 1. Uh, our first running back was Ezekiel Elliott. It should be no surprise to anyone. Uh he really came on at the end of last year. He had big games uh you know, the final four games, uh one against IU uh, he had a big run against the Hoosiers uh, to open that game. He had a monster day against Alabama and Oregon, uh, and he uh, absolutely steamrolled Wisconsin. So Ezekiel Elliott is our top running back going into next year uh, that the Hoosiers will face, um, and he's up for a lot of awards, and he's uh, one of the Heisman, uh, I wouldn't say favorites, but he's on the Heisman watch list unofficially right now uh, for for 2015. Yeah, I think if if you were putting together, a, you know, a lot of publications, they'll put together a list of kind of those top five guys. That's generally how Heisman voting plays out as top five. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is usually the, the one of the running backs that's on that top five. Um, you know, I think what was so impressive about him uh, is how he finished the season. Like you said, some huge games just in those three quote-unquote postseason games. 76 carries, 696 yards. That's against Wisconsin, uh, Alabama, and Oregon. You know, good teams that not the not the best defenses in the world, but um, very good defensively, and he shredded them. Uh, he was a huge part of Ohio State winning the national title. Uh, 6.9 yards per carry during the season, 18 touchdowns. I, I mean, you know, we could continue talking about him, but he was a clear choice for all of us. Um, at number one, you know, number two, you said was a clear choice as well. We went with Leon Allen, a guy that not many know, but um, yeah, Western Kentucky again. They've got a very good offense. They will Leon know Allen. on week three. Yes, yeah, Leon Allen They'll is a big know part of that offense. Come week three, no doubt, um, no doubt. Yeah. Six foot two thirty-five. He's a he's a big boy. That um, you know, I use lines can have a hard time can have a hard time bringing down. Yeah, Leon Island will be a tough uh, a tough runner. 
Uh, not much I could add there. Uh, you covered him pretty well. Uh, they, I mean, he, he had uh, over 1,500 yards. He was 18th best in the country. Uh, for uh, an offense that you see him as pass-heavy, having a running back over 1,542 yards is, is pretty impressive. Um, so number three, yeah. this is where we all started disagreeing. Um, it, it, I went with – you could go with any one of the Michigan backs. I, I know um, – you like Derek Green a lot. I went with uh, uh, Davion Smith uh, from Michigan. Uh, he got a lot of carries last year. He got more carries than Green. Uh, his number or yards per carry were a little bit lower, uh, but he got the majority of the carries. All the magazines have uh, have a different starter for Michigan. Um, but I, I could see uh, they, IU plays Michigan later in the year and trying to project where people might be, uh, especially mm-hmm. with the new ca- coaching staff, is tough. Um, but I, and Phil Steele, and Phil, Phil Steele's magazine, he has Davion Smith starting. So I picked Davion Smith. I think he could play uh, pretty well. Uh, he'll have more of a chance, and especially if that Michigan offensive line uh, does uh, play better. That's you know the biggest thing. So that's that's my number three. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think you said it well. It's the new coaching staff. It's very difficult um, to to know which running back is going to catch their eye uh, and win that running back one battle. And it might shift during the season. Uh, somebody's not performing up to standards, or you know somebody has some fumbling problems. Fall in favor for both of these guys. Um, neither running back had a fumble. Uh, either Smith or Green during the season. That's something the coaches really like is you, you don't don't put the team in danger of losing the football. Obviously, that's a really good thing. Um, you know, if they can continue that, be a little bit more efficient with their carries, like you said, um, due to some improved offensive line play, which, you know, you would expect with the new coaching staff that they have, a lot of proven guys that we know that Jim Harbaugh's offenses typically run the ball very well. We know that. And I think we're giving them the benefit of the doubt by putting a Michigan running back at number three, despite not being 100% certain uh, who that guy's going to be. You know, one thing I wanted to mention on Leon Allen that I forgot to mention earlier, um, you know, he had 51 catches last year for nearly 500 yards. Uh, he had a catch rate, which means he was targeted 59 times, caught at 51 at the catch rate of 86.4%, which is really, really good for a running back. Um, you know, he's not all that explosive, but he's really efficient. Uh, just a very well-rounded running back that helps that passing game that's so dangerous. He helps that flourish by keeping things on track on first and second down. So uh, Leon Allen, very good. But, yeah, like you said, Michigan, it was a tough toss-up between those two, but Smith slash Green and number three. Number four, um, you know, for me, I'm not sure who we ended up with at number four in your piece, so... Um, I had I had Akeel Lynch, but I don't know what. Uh... Yep, that's what I settled okay. on too. Was Akeel Lynch? Okay. I had to put him over Paul James at Rutgers just because James has been uh, so injury prone. Um, his talent yeah. has kind of been overshown. But Akeel Lynch is going to be the guy at Penn State. Uh, he's a very very good back. He was kind of overshadowed uh, by Bill Belton the last couple of years, but it's his show to run now. Um, their offensive line again should be better. It couldn't have been much worse um, than right. last year. Uh, so, anytime you get a slight improvement in the offensive line, I think a kill Lynch is going to take advantage of that. He is 
you know, a six foot, 220 pound runner. So he can take a beating uh, in the Big Ten and in the non-conference games. Uh, so that's why we have him at number four. He could break the long run as well. Um, so add anything you'd like on, on Lynch. Yeah, I think one thing that stood out for me, um, like you said, a terrible offensive line that is, is expected to improve to what they hope is a decent level. And if they can get to decent, that's going to be a pretty good football team. Um, but I, what stood out to me with Lynch was when he was able to break into that second level, which wasn't all that often due to the poor blocking, but when he was, he was able to get some good results. I went through his game log. He had uh, four different games where he had runs of more than 30 yards. And, you know, we're used to Tevin Coleman breaking off huge runs, but that's not an easy thing to do. And it is a valuable commodity when your running back can pick up big chunks of yards, uh, you know, through multiple games. It wasn't just a fluke that he did it once or twice. He did that four different games. I think that's going to be an important thing for Penn State. Um, Another thing that I I think really stands out for him, uh, he did take care of the ball. He only had one fumble last season. So Lynch, is a, he's a good running back. He's Like you said, there are a lot of guys in the West that IU does not play um, that would certainly be on this list. But uh, Lynch is a, an adequate running back that most people don't think about when they're thinking about Penn State's offense because of the receivers and, and the quarterback that they have there. But uh, you know, Lynch is, is a good, solid choice at number four. And like you said, Paul James at number five. Injuries are, are the big story for him. His talent is you know, undeniable. Um, I think he's probably probably number three in terms of talent on this list, but, uh, you know, the, the injuries have cut his season short in both uh, 2013 and 2014. And there's, I think, another thing that maybe holds him back a little bit. Rutgers has a lot of good running backs. I mean, Desmond Peoples, yes, Robert, Robert Martin, Josh Hicks. I mean, they, they've got a really deep backfield. I think James is probably the most talented of the bunch, but, you know, if he can't stay healthy, and it's certainly not his fault, I'm not knocking him at all, but if you can't stay healthy, it's hard to hard to put him much higher on this list. Um, I, I think through two weeks last year, he had six touchdowns, so he he's clearly very capable. Um, yeah, I, is in, uh, I think he had six games last year. Um, uh-huh. Actually, he played five four games last year, or three and a half if you count these seven attempts against Navy um, right. as half a game. He had five touchdowns and 363 yards rushing on 63 attempts. So he's the talent is there. He's, he's very, very good. Um, and he also added uh, another couple touchdowns through the air, receiving, and, and about 120 yards as well. So he he's very good. Again, it, it's still um, can he stay healthy? And he he's had his um, a lot of he hasn't played a full season. And when uh, when he's on the field, though, he's explosive. He, he ran for in 2013. He ran for 881 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, he caught 11 balls for 107 yards. Uh, 2012 was cut short. He had five five rushing attempts for 22 yards. So we really haven't seen what he can do, but for short period of time, uh, he, he's been very, very good. So that's why we put yep. him at five. Uh, if he was stayed healthy and put together three seasons that were better, 
Um, he he could have been up, I think, up at number three, uh, definitely behind Allen and uh, Elliott. But uh, that's our top five of the run- rushing list. Uh, all the rest, they're really IU misses the big boys, and that's that that's the difference in the list. Um, you know, we miss Combat. Uh, you miss Josh Ferguson, who's very good at Illinois. Um, so, and nobody from uh, FIU or Southern Illinois, or especially uh, Wake Forest, really stands out. I think uh, Wake Forest probably had less rushing yards as a team than Ezekiel Elliott did in the three postseason games. Um, yeah, they played. Yeah, so, I know Nick. I know I, Nick had uh, someone from Purdue. Um, I forget which pretty running back he he singled out, but uh, um, maybe Keontae Green. I'm not sure, but I know he had somebody from Purdue on on his list. I uh, the the only of that final group that stands out to me was Michigan State. I, I would have had Delton Williams on this list. Um, he's very he showed a really good burst of speed last season when he was given the opportunity. Langford got the got the primary number of carries, but I was impressed by Delton Williams when he got a chance. Um, but he's suspended indefinitely for, for brandishing a weapon. Um, I yep. think it's expected also, he'll return, but they've, they've got some other guys as well. Uh, Madre London and Gerald Owens, who he's like 260 pounds or something. He's a gigantic fullback slash running back that impressed in spring ball. And then they've got a, four-star guy, L.J. Scott, that they're pretty high on, too. So I, I think whoever ends up emerging as the Michigan State running back will crack this top five, and I, I would have probably had them above Akeel Lynch and Paul James. Um, but I, I just couldn't do it with the – in the situation there's too murky to to single out anybody and put on there. But I think Michigan State's going to be a good running team that I use going to have a, a hard time stopping whoever gets the ball for them. Yep, and and L.J. Scott, as you mentioned, he's an incoming freshman. He was the number six running back in the country. Um, so by the time IU plays them, uh, I believe the game's October 24th. Uh, who knows what the running back situation will be out there? Um, maybe we'll see L.J. Scott, and uh, you know they always have good running backs, a great offensive line. Um, Connor yeah. Cook is back, so. Their offense will be a, a tough one to stop for IU. Another guy we left off the list uh, was Iowa's Jordan Kanziri. Uh, Iowa usually always has a great, good to great running game, um, but you know they're they have probably the least amount of talent they've had in a long time up up in Iowa City. Uh, so you know we kept Jordan Kanziri off just because there, there were five other better guys than, than him. Um, it wasn't yeah, a team struggled, thing. He struggled some. Yeah, he struggled some last season. Um, I was running game as a whole was, was disappointing by their standards, and really by any Big Ten standards. Their, their running game struggled, which is uh, pretty odd because they seem to have plenty of talent up front on the offensive line as they normally do and plenty of size, but – um, they struggled to get things going on the ground, so I, it was difficult for me to put Kanzari up there, and I think ultimately uh, uh, our list agrees with that. So um, it's interesting. I think overall this group of running backs, there's a couple of uh, real studs that I use going to face. Uh, there's a few that you know we, we think are going to be good, good running back games, just have maybe some uncertain situations. And then there's, there's a, a list of probably five or six teams where – you look at the opponent and think 
IU should be able to contain their running game pretty easily and hold them under 100 yards on the ground. You know, it's a talented front seven that IU has, one of the best that they've had in a long time. Um, and the opportunity is going to be there for them to have a pretty stout run defense against maybe half the opponents that don't appear on paper to have a very strong running attack. Yeah, you'd think that three out of the four non-conference games, they should be able to hold those guys uh, to about under 100, 120 yards, uh, which is Mm -hmm. fine. Anything under, uh, personally, I think anything under 120 yards on the ground as an opponent is is okay. Um, yeah. They'll have issues with uh, Western Kentucky, probably Ohio State as well, uh, with their their dual-threat quarterback as well as uh, Ezekiel Elliott. And then the rest of the season, it's a, you know, it's a crapshoot. They could, sh- you know, Rutgers comes in for homecoming. Um, the defense could be better. Um, so, yeah, you know, there are five good running backs. Uh, after that, we miss basically the top running backs in the Big Ten as well, uh, which is always nice if you're a fan. Uh, you don't have to see Wisconsin run for 8,000 yards against uh, an IU defense. But, um, you know, it, it'll, it'll be a fun year, and it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see which one of these uh, five backs and how our list plays out uh, during the season. Um, so ho- hopefully we're accurate enough to maybe get four out of the five on there. Uh, if we're... Mm-hmm. Very accurate. You get five out of five. We'll give ourselves a big pat on the back. Yeah. Yeah, we got uh, wide receivers coming up next week, and that will be – I don't think that there will be a lack of uh, lack of competition for those five spots. Uh, there's a lot of very quality receivers that IU goes up against. I haven't, haven't made my list yet, but that's going to be a tough one to assemble. Yep. Uh, well, TJ, we're out of time. It always goes fast talking with you. Uh, we love talking uh, uh, college football. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Hoosier underscore huddle. Uh, we're also on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash the, the Hoosier huddle. Uh, we have lots of content coming out. We are continuing our countdown. We're about halfway done. Um, I think day 50 is coming up on Friday. Um, and yep. then after that, you know, we're – on the back back side of the mountain, heading downhill, media days start at the end of the month. Uh, I will be up there, and we'll have excellent questions and excellent coverage. And, uh, you know, whenever an award nomination comes up, there's been a lot of them, uh, we'll put that out. And whatever news uh, you may have, uh, IU has, uh, we'll have it. So, uh, once again, thanks for joining us. We'll be on again next Wednesday. And, uh, TJ, stay dry. If it doesn't... Um, I'd head to uh, Home Depot and maybe get a raft. Yeah, have a good week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Uh, That does it for this week. We'll be back on next Wednesday to talk about uh, Indiana Hoosier football some more.